Welcome to the Grace Capital City podcast. We are a community of Jesus followers located in Washington, D.C., working to see God's kingdom come through worship, family, and justice. For more information about our church, go to gracecapitalcity.com. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this week's message. Son of God given to us yes, all glory, all honor, all power. Yes, God, I pray our lives would be a reflection of that desire, a reflection of that song of worship, the way we live, the choices we make would be a reflection of our deep deep love for you, but even more importantly, of your deep love for us. What a gift just to to sing, to declare, to remind our souls of what is true as we begin this new year. We bless you in Jesus' name. God's people said together, amen, amen. Take your seats, guys. So glad you're here. If, uh, if you've just snuck in in the last little bit, hi. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to Grace Capital City. Uh, I'm, my name's Chris. If I haven't met you before, so glad you're here. We are just having a, a, a different kind of service tonight. We just, we just know that um, many of our church still traveling, just what an opportunity there was to, to create some space, to create some margin for us to be uh, ministered to, perhaps in, in an even more personal way than perhaps what we can always do on a Sunday. And so we're really excited about that. Um, if you're new here, just a special welcome to you and just really glad you joined us for worship tonight. One of the things we do here is we speak out our, our giving liturgies, remind our souls about why we give and why generosity is, is part of our role of discipleship. Um, and so let's go ahead and speak this out together as a church. We come now to our time of giving, a time to worship in action and sacrifice. Teach us to hold with open hands all that you have entrusted to us. For every breath is a gift, every treasure is a gift, and every resource is a gift given by you. Grow in us a generous and thankful spirit, a heart that seeks first your kingdom and will not be ruled by the love of much or by the fear of little. We do not give to receive, and yet as we give, we receive much. We do not give to be blessed, 
And yet as we give, we are deeply blessed. We give as a gracious and worshipful response to all we have already been given. We give as an act of discipleship, a spiritual discipline to grow us in Christ-likeness. We give to fuel the mission and mandate of God's church. May our giving shape us, sanctify us, change us, and make us every day more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we have different ways for you to give. If you are uh, <clears throat> looking to jump in on that, if this is maybe a decision for the new year that you're deciding that you want to partner with the church in that way, we'd love to invite you to do that. And um, yeah, you can do that online easily enough. So really um, expect, and I hope you guys had a good Christmas, a good New Year's. I know this can be a, a different time. For some people, it's an amazing time. For some people, it's a really challenging time. I, I, just, I just pray whatever that was for you, that um, you experience the presence of God, even in, that, in the challenge um, and in the joy of it as well. And I'm so glad to see the Edgertons back at church as well. David and Janae and the little baby. Come on. So good to see you surviving. You good? You sleeping? A little bit? Grabbing owls when you can. That's awesome. So excited. And we, we have some, some baby dedications coming up in the next few weeks as well. So we're excited about that. Um, we also, one of the things that happened between uh, Christmas and New Year's, perhaps many of you, I'm sure, participated in it, was um, we, we rallied together for 48 hours of prayer and fasting for Pastor Holly. And um, if you're just kind of catching up, Pastor Holly is the associate pastor here at our church and uh, just an amazing leader, amazing person. And she was diagnosed, um, I guess, about a month ago now with endometrial cancer and is beginning that journey of treatment. She's had surgery, successful surgery. The, the surgeons are happy with how the surgery went, but with any uh, cancer like that that has spread at some level, there's always a treatment that needs to follow that. And so we're praying for her continued healing in that. And uh, we'll keep you up, guys, updated with um, just what's going on with her journey as we move forward. So it was amazing. It's just beautiful. I, I was... Um, I, I took one of the 5 a.m. kind of prayer slots for that. We, we, we broke it up into 15-minute grabs, and I had this vision. I was up 5 a.m. praying 15 minutes, and then at 5.15, I knew someone else was beginning to pray, someone from within our community. And I just felt like the Lord gave me this vision of a torch, and I felt like, you know, I, I was like half awake, three-quarters awake in my prayer, which I, is usually some of my best praying when I'm like half asleep and half awake, you know. And uh, I just felt like the Lord gave me this vision of this torch and that as I was like finishing out praying that someone else from the body was taking the torch and continuing to pray and the prayer chain was just unbroken. And uh, so I just think it was such a beautiful and rallying time. And again, I think it's another way that God takes brokenness and God takes what the enemy intends for evil and can use it even for his glory. And so that's what we're praying for in Holly's testimony. Tonight, specifically, I'm, I'm just going to speak really literally just for a few minutes because we wanted to create space for a night of prayer and anointing. Going into the new year, just wanted to create that space for, for every person who wants to be anointed with oil, stepping in to what God has for them this year to have the opportunity to do that. And so I, I want to just talk a little bit about oil specifically before we do that because 
Oil in the biblical text is, is one of the strongest imageries we get throughout the Bible. And I, I don't know if you've read many of the stories around how oil was used throughout the entire, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. You have all these stories where the use of oil becomes this, this symbolism for God's presence, for God's spirit amongst his people. You have um, Exodus 30. Right, the people of Israel are anointing Aaron to become their first priest. And the first thing to set him apart, part of his consecration as a priest is he is anointed with oil. Right? It's the first thing that God says, you must anoint him with oil. In the New Testament, Jesus commands his disciples to use oil. In fact, in one, one story, I think it's Matthew 6, he says, anoint yourself with oil before you go out. So that's a fun thing to do if you're ever going into a trying time. Just douse yourself with oil before you step out. He also says, Mark 6, when you pray over the sick, pray over the sick and anoint them with oil, right? So throughout the Bible, we continually have these, these moments um, where, where God is using this imagery of oil. And, and oil, it symbolizes the Spirit of God, but it's not just the Spirit of God, right? It, it's, it's, it's more than just that there is a Holy Spirit. It's, it's actually symbolizing the Spirit of God and the work of the Spirit through that person, okay? So it's, it's, it's this consecration piece where it's, it's a reminder that God is setting you apart. He is empowering you and equipping you for his purposes and for his mission. Every time you hear oil being used, it's something God wants to do in and through that person. It's God in, in a beautiful, gracious way saying, I am here with you and I'm giving you everything you need for this situation, right? Um, I want to read one story. Uh, one of my favorite stories with encountering a moment of anointing with oil in the Bible, First um, Samuel chapter 16, it's probably a story you're familiar with, but it's um, the moment where David is anointed with oil to be the future king of Israel, and he's anointed by Samuel the prophet. And uh, so let, let me just read some of these verses. This is First Samuel 16, starting in verse 1. And it says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Since I've rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. I love that. God is straight away. He's like, bring, bring the oil. You're going to need it. Okay. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. And Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked, do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, yes, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons, invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and he thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the outer things, but looks 
sorry, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. And Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And so he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel then went on to Ramah. So this is this really pivotal moment in the story, right? You've had Saul who has been king of Israel up until that point, the first king that Israel had. Remember, Israel wasn't even supposed to have a human king, but Saul becomes the first. And he has a tumultuous reign, I think you describe it as. Um, we could go into a different sermon about why that was so tumultuous. But he has been rejected as king, and so Samuel's been given the task to anoint and find, so to follow the Lord's leading to find the future king. And so he comes to Bethlehem, meets this guy, Jesse. Jesse has eight sons, right? And from what we gather, these were pretty impressive looking sons, right? These are probably some big warrior types and they're, they're coming in and you could imagine Samuel's thinking, one of these guys has got to be it. I mean, look at them. They look like kings, one of these guys. And they're coming by and it says, you know, Abinadab. And he's like, the Lord says, no, that's not him. Shama, no, 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 that's not him. And they go through seven of the sons until finally Samuel's left asking the question, well, is there anyone else? There's got to be one more. And they bring David, right? David is out tending the sheep. And as soon as he's brought in, God says, that's the guy. That's, that's the one. He's the one I have destined for this role since the beginning. He is my chosen one. And the first thing they do, God instructs them, he says, anoint him. All right, you prepared, you brought the oil, use the oil, anoint him, pour oil over him. And of course, from that moment on, we know what becomes of David's life. This is this, is this really pivotal moment where David's life takes this dramatic shift. He goes from a man, a boy, shepherding sheep, Right from that story, he's invited into the king's palace. He begins to work for the king in the royal courts. And then just a chapter later, he slays the Philistine Goliath with one stone, right? So there's this massive shift in David's life here. But here's what I want to point out to us, and I think this is really important going into this time of prayer and anointing. As much as, 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 much as David's life is changed in that moment, David's destiny isn't changed in that moment. And, and, and that you might think, well, what, what do you mean by that? And, and yes, the Spirit comes upon him in power, right? We read that in the text. Yes, he is equipped for the role that God has for him. Yes, he goes from a shepherd to, uh, to serving the king to slaying a giant, right? His life takes a dramatic change. But I want to say to you, in that moment, 
His destiny actually isn't changed. And the reason his destiny isn't changed is because his destiny was never determined by whether or not he was anointed with oil. It wasn't determined by that moment. In fact, I think a better way we could talk about it is that David's destiny isn't changed in that moment. His destiny is revealed in that moment, okay? That David was always the future king of Israel, right? This this is a destiny that God had written into his story from the very beginning, that even when he was a shepherd, and and you've heard the stories about this, he's he's wrestling bears and lions, and, and he's preparing him for the battlefield. The destiny is there. The anointing with oil isn't all of a sudden where God's like, you know what, never saw this David guy. We should use him, right? That's not how it works. The, 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 the anointing with oil is, is a powerful symbol. It's a powerful moment. It's pivotal. You can mark a shift in his life. But for God, it's just God saying, and now you see what I've always been doing. And now you see what I was preparing you for. And now you remember by the oil that I am with you and I'm equipping you and I'm empowering you to have this, this beautiful life following me, this destiny I want to call you into. It's, it's a signifier for what God was already doing. And so I, I wanted to make that point as we, as we now kind of go into this time of ministry because I want you to realize that when you are anointed with oil tonight, or if you are, you don't have to be, but if you choose to be, I hope you will. You're invited to be. What, what's happening is not a magic trick. <laughs> you know, Anya's our, our leader of the prayer and prophetic ministry, right? She doesn't have special magic oil that no one else has. It's not a potion, right? <laughs> it is oil, regular oil. Prayed over, absolutely prayed over, <laughs> but it's oil. Frankincense. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing supernatural about the oil itself, right? It is, it is a symbol of God's presence and plan and power in your life that is available by His Spirit, right? And it's this reminder that, that you want to be right in step with what God is doing. He has a destiny for you. Right? He has things he wants to call you into. And, and whatever that is, that's where you want to be, right? And God, give me what I need to follow you in that. Remind me that I, that I have everything, that, that I have the Spirit of God for everything and godliness and righteousness. I have the gifts of the Spirit. I, I can pray for people. I can, I, I, can, I can walk in power and the authority God has given me, right? There's nothing magical about the oil, but it is this beautiful symbol that the church has used for thousands of years to remind us that God has a destiny and he's calling you into it. And, and the beautiful thing is we get to remind each other of that. Right? That's part of the gift of the church. That's why there's no lone rangers in the kingdom because you know what? When I forget my destiny in the Lord, I need you to remind me of it. And you need me to remind me of it. And when I forget that God is always with me, sometimes we just need to take a whole, whole lot of oil and just slosh it over someone's head and be like, God is with you. God is with you, and you have everything you need to follow Him.
I want to give us a, a challenge tonight, specifically as we, as we go into this time. And David, why don't you come on up? Oh, there you are. Imagine. <laughs> Maybe you never left. Did you leave? There we go. Just speak his name and he appears. It's amazing. Um, I, I want to give us a, a really specific challenge. I, as I was praying about tonight, I felt reminded. How do I say this? I, I want us to enter into this moment and to enter into this year with a really simple and important question. And it's a really courageous question if you think about it, okay? It's an important question. And I want this to be the question that guides every moment we have. We're going to have prayer teams around the room. So as they pray for you, as they get a word over you, as they anoint you, and I, the question is this, God, what do you have for me? And, and here's why that is such a courageous question, okay? Because all of us, we have our prayer lists. And I got my prayer list. And I got the things I'm asking God for and I'm petitioning God for. Really good things, important things. All of us, we got things that are so close. I, I'm asking you, just, just for tonight, just set that aside just for the next 30 minutes. Set that aside. And with open hands, Say, God, what do you have for me? Because the danger with our prayer lists is sometimes we get so cluttered with them. We get so blinded with what we want and what we're going after. Again, good things that we miss what God wants and what God has. And, and it's, it's, it's the beautiful thing, right, about a moment like this is we're not twisting God's arm to get him to do something for us, is we are actually aligning our hearts to his purposes. God, what is your purpose for me this year? What is the thing you want me to do? What, what, what is the, the thing I need to step into, right? It, it, it's going to be different for every one of us, and it might not be tonight that God speaks to you. But I just think it's something beautiful. We're gathered here on the first day of a new year and we get to say, God, whatever it is, that's where I want to be. Trust me, you don't want to be anywhere God doesn't have for you to be. <laughs> you don't want something God doesn't want you to have. You don't want to follow God into something, or you don't want to follow yourself into something where God isn't calling you to be. Right? In the long run, place God has for you, the thing he's calling you in is where you want to be, for life, for flourishing, for wholeness. God, what do you have for me? I, I just felt so led that that's the posture we want to go into this with. Um, and very specifically, I, I wrote down a word, a word for someone here tonight. Um, I have no idea who it is and it doesn't matter. I think God will speak to whoever it is for, but that there, there's someone and there's something really significant you are supposed to walk away from this year. Could be, uh, could be a job, could be a relationship, could be a dream or a goal that you've been chasing. I, I don't know what it is, but I, 
felt very specifically this afternoon, specifically enough, I wrote it down. There's someone, and, and the word is, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lead you to just let this go. It's one thing. So just be, just be open to that, if that's you. So what, we, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have how many teams? Only four? Five teams. And they are gonna be two, three across the back. So one here, here, here. One over here and one over here. And there's enough of us here that, uh, you know, it's gonna take a bit of time to get through, but it's a small enough group as well that we got space for everyone to be prayed over. And so whatever kind of makes sense geographically in the room, when you see there's maybe only one or two or three people in the line, just go and kind of move up towards that line and we have our prayer teams ready um, and they're gonna pray over you, anoint you with oil. There might be a word and they speak over you. The other thing we have ready for you is, is uh, two stations to receive communion, the body and the blood. And so that is kind of at your leisure as you feel led to come forward and just, just take these. We even have the gluten-free ones here on the side and the non-gluten-free ones in the baskets. So come and receive them. You can take the communion here or you can bring it back to your pew. Uh, whatever you choose. And so let's just allow this for the next 20, 30 minutes just to be a sacred, a holy space. David's gonna keep leading us in worship. Um, but as you feel led, come to be prayed for. I just encourage you, come and move with courage. Courageous enough, not just to bring your request, but to bring your open heart and to submit your will and your desires to his. Right? That's, that's where courage really is. So prayer teams are moving to their space. Let's just open our hearts up. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you. I just even just thank you for the gift of oil tonight. Beautiful symbols, beautiful reminders of your presence. Lord, thank you that we are not conjuring up magic tricks. We're not conjuring up just enough faith to twist the arm of, of God. We're, we're not conjuring up just the right words to try and get you to do the thing we want you to do. Lord, we are simply coming and submitting our lives and our hearts to you. And saying whatever you have for us, that's the best thing. <laughs> Wherever you want to lead us, that's where we want to go. Wherever you're calling us, that's what we want to, where we want to do. Lord, whatever you're calling us to be, that's the people we want to be. Lord Jesus, we want to align our hearts to you again tonight. And Father, I pray that that oil, as we feel it on our forehead, would be this beautiful reminder that you are with us. That for all who have faith in Jesus, we have received the Spirit as a gift of grace to equip, empower, and encourage us. And Lord Jesus, I pray we would walk in that power even again this year. Father, for whoever that person is that that word is specifically for, about walking away from something, letting something go, God, I just, I pray you would speak in your gentle and gracious way that you always do. Lead us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. We are listening. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.